Hi, this is Chelsea. This is Michael, and we are Coffee with Creators. Come sit with us and let's talk about content creation and all things creative. So welcome to our scrappy little podcast. It's Friday. Am I I cool enough to say that? I don't think so. I'm not really sure. I I would say you're very cool, especially with that (laughs) t-shirt. I think it's very Hawaiian-y. So it's a a tropical, yeah. And I couldn't find anything today in the closet. So I'm like, you You know know what? I wish I I would have known you were wearing that shirt because I got a purple and red one that would match that. Oh, we should have planned it. I know. Next time. (laughs) Next time. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Coffee with Creators podcast. I am your host, Michael. My co-host, Chelsea, is not available today, unfortunately. She's doing okay, but she had to send me like a last minute message and say, hey, I can't make it today. Tell our special guest, Brady, I'm so sorry. Um, I mean, that being said, I guess that was the introduction for our guest today. Brady. Uh, Brady is a, a photographer. That I've met, we've met through Coffee with Creators probably a year ago. So it's a, uh, it's been an interesting journey since then because I remember Brady. He was just starting out, if I remember correctly, right? Like you were starting out yeah. then as a photographer, and I follow him on social, and he's been rather busy, as he was telling me just a few minutes ago. So I kind of botched that introduction, but I hope that was okay. <laughs> so Brady, welcome to the Coffee with Creators. Uh, hey, podcast. how's it going? Pretty nice good. How are you? Here. Yeah, right. glad glad you're here. Finally, finally. Um, you were just telling me earlier that you've been kind of drowning in work. And uh, I kind of get that. And he showed me this mug. I guess, uh, I guess I'm recording the, the video right now. And it says Friday. And that's why I went like Friday. But I feel like I'm not cool enough mm-hmm. to say that. I, I think Chelsea is cool enough to say that. Chelsea so, would have been the right person. I, I, I picked this right. mug exclusively for her. So Chelsea, <laughs> when you watch and listen. It's for you. <laughs> That's for you. Wish sorry, sorry we missed you, Chelsea. But I hope everything's okay, and hopefully next week we'll have Chelsea back. So Brady, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Actually, tell me, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, yeah. So um, foremost, uh, I'm a photographer based in Southern California. Um, I'm outside of Los Angeles, about forty five minutes or so. Um, Mainly uh, what I got started doing on um, photography was actually products and landscape photography. And that kind of grew into uh, doing product photography um, freelance wise. Then I ended up getting a a corporate gig doing uh, a full-time job for product photography. And recently I actually just quit that to do full-time freelance photography. So it's, yeah, it's been great. Uh, It, it happened quick, um, but super, uh, super happy and couldn't be more thankful to be here. That's awesome. That's, that's great to hear. I mean, anytime I hear someone who moves from a corporate job to freelance, usually that tells me that's, I mean, that's good news because it's like you're effective enough in what you do that you know that you can carry that, a particular skill set outside of the corporate world and kind of just like work for your yourself, right? Is that yeah. the case for you? I'm hoping it is. Yeah, absolutely. And um, obviously anybody that's worked, you know, whether it's corporate desk job or corporate photography, um, there, there's a, it's for some people, and it's not for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, I fall on the side of, I would rather make my own schedule and work the projects I want to work than have 15 product managers telling me they need photos done today and yeah i i feel you there (laughs) do you think it's uh do you think it's like a just how how creatives are like i don't want to be told yeah i I would say so um yeah i know anybody that does uh whether they do freelance as a side hustle or whatnot yeah it almost every single person i've talked to they're like oh yeah you know to be able to make your own schedule is, is the dream. So, um, yeah, it's, I think being, being a creative, we have an idea in mind and not that criticism wouldn't affect the outcome because sometimes there's criticism I get in my work that there was an idea I would have never thought of and it elevates my work. But when it comes from the corporate side and you're having some brand managers that don't know anything about art quite honestly or how an image is supposed to look then it's that's when it gets kind of tough where they're so narrow-minded and want 
something one way and aren't open for a creative output. So um, not saying one's better than the other. I just chose to go one route. Um, right. Right. Yeah. You know what? Actually, we should probably talk on that specific topic. I mean, talk about that specific topic, which is uh, I think we should dispel the the notion that working for yourself is like the dream situation, like fixing your own yeah. schedule, because there's a lot of reality behind that that whole very much glamorized concept of working for yourself, working, it's... working freelance. And I think you just you just gave me a really good like. I guess, perspective. I mean, uh, I just realized that, that people think that working on, I mean, there are a lot of perks, right? But let's talk about the real stuff. Like, how does it actually feel other than the, the feel good parts of like, I work on my own, you know, other, other than saying that you work for yourself and that you make your own schedule. What What's the reality behind that? Let's, yeah. So let's walk through your day, your day to day, Brady. Let's, let's see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. So, uh, there's obviously pros and cons um, mm -hmm. and same side for uh, corporate photography. There's pros and cons. Um, it just depends who you are and what you want to do and what your end goals are. For me, my end goal is to have a business and work for myself. So that's why I had to take that plunge. If that's not your end goal, then, you know, freelance probably isn't for you. So mm -hmm. it really looking at where you want to be. Um, if you want to work for Coca-Cola as a, uh, corporate photographer, videographer, and that's your goal. Take all the corporate gigs, you know, just move up. But if your goal is to do freelance for clients such as Coca-Cola or Apple or whatnot, then, you know, you got to jump in the pool and figure out how to swim. Um, so obviously the pros, everybody knows you can make your own schedule, work on the projects you want to work on. Um, so it's cool. There's some days I get up at 5.30 and start working. There's other days I work till 11 p.m. Um, it's whatever I want to work. It's, you know, it's cool. Um, yeah. The cons, though, uh, which a lot of people don't think of, is how to actually run a business. So how, I'm, how am I going to get this next client? How am I going to keep and maybe retain this client? And then also, one thing I've never heard is uh, how to deal with taxes and keeping your income and your books together. So I was just about to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a learning curve. Uh, luckily when I was in the military, um, I had an assignment where I did taxes for one season. So I kind of have a, uh, a baseline knowledge of how things work, but still it's like, do I do sole proprietor or should I be an LLC? There's, mm -hmm. There's a lot of gray area that people don't know um, and that I still don't even know, to be quite honest, on how to actually run a business. Yeah. Um, I'm sure as you grow, you'll figure it out step by step. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's tough. If you have clients, you know, that you have on freelance and it's like a side hustle, there's ways to bring that on to keep it uh, full time. Um, but one thing that I know I'm struggling with is, all right. How am I going to keep more clients with my product for longer? Uh, I know I have one contract client that I'm doing uh, video editing for. So I'm doing video editing for uh, multiple car dealerships in Southern California. Um, and that's great. That's uh, a commitment thing. So that's not going anywhere, which is nice because that's one of the things that's holding me over and really keeping my income where it needs to be. Um, but then there's others where it's like, oh, I might have one shoot one month and then I don't see them again. So yes. it just depends. Um, it's, it's definitely a learning curve and I'm still learning. So, yeah, um, I don't know. think it ever ends to be honest with you. Yeah. Like it, it never ends unless you are in a position where you literally have people working for you and you're just, you know, like waiting for the income to roll in. It never, even at that point, I don't think it really ever ends because the moment we stop, the moment we feel like we've made it, right? This is it. Sure enough, something's going to come up and bite you in the butt. Mm, always. <laughs> right? That's, that, yeah. that's, what, that's how life is. And so I think uh, for the young creators, the, um, the aspiring freelancers, um, it's important, I think, for you to understand that getting into this world, we definitely... I encourage it. I encourage it. I don't recommend it for everyone. I encourage you to at least look into it. 
And don't be fooled by by others saying that this is the best thing that you can you can do. Because I definitely know people who are completely fine and they love their corporate jobs. And yeah, I'm happy for them, right? I'm not gonna say don't do that, don't do the corporate thing. If that's what makes you happy, then why not? Right? It's everyone's own decision. And for me, just like Brady, I've said this before. I just like to see myself sitting inside a cube, like with four walls, four gray walls, mm. is yeah. sucks the soul out of me. I mean, right now, see this, like my background here, if you can see it, Brady can see it. He already he actually already mentioned it. He's like, look at your cool background. And it's like, you know, I really think about it. It's more than just me trying to show a nice picture for everyone else. It really is surrounding my myself with an environment that I like, you know, that I feel like I can thrive in. And so the corporate job wasn't really doing that for me. Um, and well, I mean, on my side, Brady, I don't know if you know this, but the real reason I started freelancing was out of desperation. I basically mm-hmm. got, got laid off. And this is this that was the third time I got laid off. And I'm wow. like, yeah, I'm like, well, what else can I do? Right. So at that point, there was, it was like about a bunch of, um, I guess, uh, catalysts for me. So for one, it made me realize that I just couldn't, with, with the type of skill that I have, the type of um, um, service that I can provide, it's not, there's never going to be a secure market for me, basically, personally. And I said, yeah. you know, I guess the secure job, air quotes, doesn't exist anymore. Cause I got laid off. I did excellent at those three jobs. Like they love me, um, especially the last one. The last one I thought, I remember a few months prior to getting let go, um, I was feeling very comfortable and I even made a mental note about it. And I said, you know what? I could stay in this job for another five or six years without even thinking about any growth or anything. And that was the problem. I stopped thinking about growth. I stopped yeah. thinking about progressing myself. And so... Yeah, it was a like I said, it something comes up and you know bites you in the butt, and then I'm out of the, the job, out of a job. <laughs> the biggest problem about the corporate world is you really do uh, you can feel like a number. Um, I was lucky with the corporate job that I had that my first line supervisor, uh, the creative director, she was amazing. All my coworkers were amazing, and uh, it was honestly tough to leave for that reason. The rest of the company. Couldn't really care about it. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they were something else. But inside our walled garden of the art department, it was amazing. And within that, I did not feel like a number. Within the rest of the company, it was, you know, yeah. They yeah. don't they don't care. That was the same uh, with me. Yeah. Yeah. So how about uh the scheduling, scheduling aspect of it? Like people probably are gonna say, it's awesome that you can make your own schedule. What does it really mean to make your own schedule, Brady? <sighs> um <laughs> I like that groan in the beginning. <laughs> uh, so it's great because I have no schedule. Uh, and that's also the downfall. I, whenever I have time, I work. Uh, mm-hmm. So one thing I'm doing right now too, I decided um, in the major kicker too, to quit my corporate job is I made the decision to finish my degree and I and actually finish my degree in photography because I'm very corporate mindset in terms of image quality. Um, and I wanted to get a little bit more of a fine art um, aspect to that so I could add that into my images and to pitch to clients. Um, something a little bit different than just standard um, product image or lifestyle image. So I wanted uh, a more contemporary background. So I decided to finish my degree. So currently I'm taking uh, four classes at University of Laverne. Um, so when I made that decision to go back in person, it was like, there's no way I can work corporate. Uh, luckily I had just gained that video client. So it was like, all right, I'll be able to survive. Um, but I'm gonna need to, I'm going to need to if um, I wanna finish my degree. So right now, um, it changes every day, but uh, most days I have class um, from about 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, I have a two-hour break in between, and then Tuesday, Thursdays, I don't. So pretty much I drop my daughter off um, to my in-laws uh, probably about 7.30 a.m. I get to the university uh, 
pretty early and I start knocking out work, uh, knocking out videos, photo edits, whatnot. Um, then in my two hour breaks in between classes, uh, same thing, knock out um, whatever I need to knock out. Um, other days I might wake up at like 5.30 if I need to get stuff done before I drop her off. Uh, like the other day I had a product shoot where uh, I had to set up a white background and do all the, the e-commerce style photos. So I did that before I actually left. So right now my schedule is I work whenever I have time, um, which is working out. Um, mm -hmm. It's but balancing the classes, the work. Um, I, I just actually picked up a gig for tomorrow. So it's like, all right, well, weekend gone to. Um, yeah, so yeah. So. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, it's weird because it's like the way I picture it. And I, this is kind of completely weird i guess but that's how my mind works sometimes like i feel like a light switch yeah. at some at some point right so if you were at a corporate job you know that the the moment the clock hits six o'clock for example someone's going to turn on the lights right yeah and you're probably going to be on until five or six p.m at night let's just say five p.m you know later that day and then someone's going to switch you off and you're done so but yeah. as a freelancer it's like Everyone has access to that light switch and all throughout the day, someone's going to turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off. And then you're like, all right, I guess I'm on. I'm working right now. So that's how it feels. Yeah. And as crazy as this is going to sound, because at face value, it doesn't sound like a good thing. But that's one of the pros of having a corporate job is having somebody to tell you what to do and when to do it. That yeah. sounds ridiculous. Mm hmm but you don't have to worry about scheduling conflicts. You, you know what you're doing. You go into work at X time, you leave at X time. And during the day, you know what you're doing because X person told you what you need to do. Exactly. And all it you got to do is show up. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It doesn't sound great to on face value, but it's, it's a luxury. It's in, awesome. In a sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I think, no all, worries. I think all freelancers at some point want to feel that again. Yeah. We want to feel some sort of like consistency throughout your day. Yeah. Right. Okay. Someone's going to tell me what I need to do because at the end, I just want to be making the money. Yeah. Right. So that I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's always going to be like a split between making the money and making your time. Right. So the problem with corporate jobs is that we feel like we don't have the time anymore because we're just, uh, you know, like we're not in control of our own time because someone else else is telling us you need to show up at this time. You eat your lunch, you take your breaks at certain times and you go home when we tell you you can go home. And I think for me, when I was younger, that's one of my biggest problems. Like, I feel like I'm in prison. You know what I mean? It's like I don't feel like I'm living my life that way. But the reality is, as soon as I did freelance, yes, I can control my time control, but how much control do you really want? Right. Some, at some point after waking up at four o'clock in the morning, or maybe sometimes logging in at nine o'clock or sometimes even 11 PM at night, just to finish a project. Yeah. You're like, I wish I could just log off for the rest of the day and just not think about anything and still get paid. But as yeah. a freelancer, if you do not do any of those things, if you're not willing to go through some of those, then yeah, you're not going to get paid. You're done. <laughs> you're done. See, it it's funny. Uh, one of the funniest things I ever heard, uh, and it didn't really ring true until hearing you talk about this right now. Um, when I was in the military, one of our uh, NCOs, um, non-commissioned officer, uh, he, he told us, he's like, you guys, this is the easiest job you're ever going to have. And we're like, dude, yeah, whatever. This sucks. And he's like, you know what to wear, when to show up and what to eat. He's like, you don't have to think, you just have to do. And we we're like, this dude's crazy. Like, get out of here. So true. You didn't have to think about what you're going to put on. You show up in whatever, whatever uniform of the day and you just, yeah. So that, that just reminded me of that. Yeah. When you were talking about that. Let me ask you this, Brady. How does, how much um, have you benefited from having that military experience, that background when, oh, when getting God. into this, this yeah. new, new uh, type of life that you live right now? Yeah, so much. Um, not only, um, I guess, in ethic, but also uh, financially, uh, my schooling's paid for. So that's, you know, a luxury that I am very thankful for is um, with my time in service, it granted me the opportunity to not have to pay for college, um, mm -hmm. which is 
a big deterrent for a lot of people that want to finish their degrees or even get a degree, uh, not just finish, but um, yeah, college is expensive. Um, so I know I wouldn't personally be able to do it if it wasn't for the military. So that's one big pro. Um, in terms of ethic and mindset, uh, I guess resilience, resiliency is the biggest thing I take from the military is no matter if you hit rock bottom, you're going to bounce back um, and you just got to be resilient. Um, if something doesn't go your way, if you have a client drop or you don't get the client, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's, you're, it's going to come around. You're going to be resilient as long as you have the mindset to continue to push and succeed. So um, that would be my biggest takeaway from the military. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if I would have ever grown up the way I did without uh, that time. So yeah, um, I feel much older than what I am. <laughs> so. <laughs> but that's awesome though, because you also feel much more, much wiser, right? Yeah. And, you know, wisdom and that discipline and that resilience that you, you build those up. You don't, um, you don't just, you're not just born with it. And I think being, you know, having your experience, your background, that definitely, I can imagine that to be very, um, beneficial for you today, right now, you know, aside from the whole financial aspect, because even if, even if someone were to help you pay for college, but without those, that, that, that training, that discipline, that mindset shift, like you said, it's not going to matter because you're probably just going to not even going to show up because yeah. you're like, well, you know, this school's paid for, I don't really care, but it's, it's, it's taught you to be, to, to value things. Right. I feel Absolutely. like so yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, um, of course. In terms of like the work that you do right now, how did you get into product photography? Uh, well, because it just long, seems so long, different. Long, yeah, <laughs> long, long time ago, uh, March of 2020, when COVID hit. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Seriously. Um, so I'll give you my backstory on photography, and it will make sense why I, I give you the backstory first. So. Okay. Um, I started off doing photography, um, as a kid, um, anytime we would go somewhere like the San Diego zoo or Disneyland, uh, universal studios, whatnot. Um, my dad would always buy me disposable cameras. So that was always a highlight of, uh, the trip is I could take all the photos I wanted. Then my parents would bring it to Rite Aid and one hour later you'd have photos. Yeah. Not so much anymore. They don't have that, which is crazy. <laughs> that blows my mind. Um, so, uh, Fast forward into high school years, um, my dad had a point and shoot uh, camera. It was one of those ones like a 20 times zoom, you know, no manual controls, just, you know, but it was cool. Like I loved it. So me and my dad would go on road trips quite a bit and uh, I would take that with us and uh, I would take pictures of different landscape things along the way. Uh, little did I know that would become my hopeless obsession. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, so then uh, the summer before I left for the military, I went back to Michigan where my family's from. And I remember uh, driving out into the woods, borrowing my grandpa's truck and I had cowboy boots on. So I would set my, my camera down on a rock and take pictures of my boots or uh, of the truck. And uh, I just thought it was like so cool. I never did anything with it, but I just thought it was so cool. So got in the military, got my first DSLR. It was a Nikon D whatever, I'm trying to remember. It was the, the kit camera, the, the equivalent to the Canon Rebel series. Mm -hmm. um, now I used that for a while. I never shot on manual, uh, it was on auto, but uh, I would go out and take pictures of landscapes, uh, go out to the train tracks and whatnot, and then hit a rough patch in life and had to end up selling my camera. So, then I went a few years without it. I did, however, because of course with iPhones, like the images are ridiculous. I, I hate that my iPhone camera is so good. <laughs> I feel <laughs> there's that. a limit. There's a limit, but it's good. It's, it's good. Really good. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. It's so good. So I was like, you know what? iPhone cameras are getting so good. Like I'll, I'll just use my iPhone. So I still have that photographic mindset, even without a camera. Um, we would go places and I would be like, oh, I need to go stop for this picture. I need to wait for sunset. And people are like, are you serious? Like, that's ridiculous. So <laughs> um, 
right after me and my wife got married, February of 2020, uh, we went up to San Francisco and I remember like, oh, we got to go to this spot, this spot, this spot. I got to take photos. And I was only using my iPhone. It ridiculous. Um, so it's funny looking back at that. Like I was still that absurd, even without a camera. Now it's worse. <laughs> so now, now here's where this is uh, pertinent. So, um, COVID hit in uh, March of 2020 and well hit earlier uh, lockdowns happened March of 2020 and I was sitting at home bored with nothing to do so um, I ended up borrowing my mother-in-law's Canon Rebel series that uh, she never touched so it's like you know what I'm gonna make it a mission since we have all this time at home we have the six weeks of lockdown <laughs> it was only six weeks um uh, no right yeah uh here we are two years and, later <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so i was like you know what? i'm gonna learn everything i can about this camera i want to learn manual um so i did a deep dive onto youtube learning all the settings uh watching all the peter mckinnon i could and you know um i just became obsessed the issue was is i had nothing to shoot being stuck at home so I decided to pick up products. So I had, you know, my Chemex, my different coffee makers. So I was shooting coffee. Um, I was shooting like my pomade for my hair for it's Suavecito. So, you know, the jar looks cool. I was like, oh, I'll, sh I'll shoot this. So I would, you know, set the camera up on a tripod, hold the jar open and, you know, pretend to scoop and yeah. just do it, just doing stuff like that. Uh, just shooting whatever I had in the house. It didn't matter. I just wanted to learn how to get better. Um, and that ended up um, bringing me to the point where I had um, a coffee company reach out to me, uh, Trident Coffee down in uh, San Diego. And they're like, hey, we like your coffee photos. Would you take a few photos of our bags? And I was like, oh my God, someone asked me to take photos of their stuff. Yes, on it. <laughs> so uh, they sent me their coffee and I took um, as many photos as I could, sent them off and it was free. I didn't care. I was like, this is so awesome. I, I made it. <laughs> yeah, that was my mindset. Um, yeah. It feels like that. Yeah, it feels like that, right? Because you, so you feel exciting. like yeah, you feel like someone's valuing your work, like what you do, your yeah. skill. And to you, it's like a game. In the beginning, yeah. it felt like a game because it you feel like oh, I'm just playing around. It just makes me feel good, and I think it looks awesome. But then suddenly, someone's willing to 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 try it out and be like, hey, we have some products. I think we we think that you you take some awesome photos. We'd love to see what you can do. And I totally get that. But anyway, yeah. go on with your story. I like this. <laughs> I enjoy yes. this. Yeah. So um, after that, then I had um, a, uh, a candle company reach out to me. I'm just a small one person business. And um, she uh, actually how that happened. Uh, I put out a, an Instagram ad, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, and I only put like five bucks on it and put it uh, nationwide. And I put a uh, product photographer looking to elevate your foot. Like I completely like um, imposter syndrome um, <laughs> that like I had no clue what I was doing. I, I took, I took one, one company's photos, um, but I put out an Instagram ad. And then uh, this lady reached out to me to take pictures of her candles and she had different like tropical scents. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I went to Michael's and I got a backdrop. I got different plant, like tropical plants and everything. So I built a set and took photos of her candles. And then from there I had, then it was just a slow snowball. I had some, some different coffee companies. Um, so I've worked with, I want to say, oh God, probably five or six different coffee roasteries now to do um, like- really. Yeah, uh, just to do different uh, lifestyle photos, product photos. Mm -hmm. um, and then it just evolved. I did actually uh, one client, it was a leather goods company that uh, you actually referred me to, Michael. Um, I did? <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, it was uh, Artisanal Labs. I don't know if you remember, but... Um, oh, I you, do remember. Yeah. That was you, a long time ago. <laughs> that was over a year ago, I want to say. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember you messaging me and you said, hey, um, the, this uh, company reached out to me. Um, I, I think you were busy at the time or, or something. So you're like, hey, you know, would you want to get in contact with them? And that ended up working out. 
And that got my start into um, e-commerce photography uh, because I was talking with a guy, he wanted, um, he sent me his entire catalog of products. So I had so much. And he's like, yeah, I want um, all these uh, product lifestyle photos. And then once I had the products in hand, he asked me to do a white background e-commerce style. Mm -hmm. uh, so the stuff you'd see like Amazon or catalogs. And I had no idea what I was doing. I said, absolutely, I got you. And I, then That's I awesome. immediately went on YouTube and was like, how to do white <laughs> <Yeah>. background photos. <laughs> so, Spoken so, like a true freelancer. <laughs> yes. So I went and bought a white backdrop <laughs> and I, I had to learn how to do um, you know, e-commerce style photos right then and there. So uh, yeah, so from there, um, shortly after I landed... Um, a gig as a uh, corporate product photographer. I was working at Best Buy um, at the beginning, which you know, Michael, you've yeah. asked me plenty of Best Buy questions. I'm like, do you have any video cards over there? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> dude, we're they're not even in stores. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, I was working at Best Buy and um, it was great. Um, I was just ready for something new. I was just kind of, mm -hmm. nothing wrong with Best Buy, nothing wrong with Geek Squad, um, it was great. I was just ready for something different. Right. So I was on Indeed every day and I was like, photography jobs, Los Angeles. Um, and I applied for hundreds, um, at least like two to 300, uh, an enormous amount. So uh, just to backtrack real quick, if you're looking for a corporate job, don't just apply to one photography job or one job in general. Blast your resume out. It doesn't matter. For I think the statistic is for every 100 applications, you get one bite. So it doesn't even matter if you don't have the qualifications, send it out. You Just never send know. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I ended up getting this uh, corporate job um, doing uh, mainly e commerce style photography. So um, I was going the nine to five and doing mainly white background images in uh, catalog shoots of um, all these different products. So this corporation owns, I want to say 30 different companies. So I had that many different brands that I was shooting under. Um, I also had the luxury of sometimes working from home um, because there's a lot of kitchenware type stuff uh, or home goods. So um, when they needed lifestyle images for Amazon content, I was able to bring it home. Um, I'm lucky I have an aesthetic kitchen. So uh, I would shoot mo just about everything in my own kitchen. Um, it was a learning curve though. And I'm super happy I did get this corporate job because it furthered um, my technique in lighting actually mm -hmm. and how to light scenes and products. Um, I remember on, I think it was my first day, um, I was doing a test shoot with a creative director who was previously the photographer. And I think I had my 35 millimeter on shooting at F 1.8. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. And she told me, she's like, hey, Brady, that looks great, but you need to stop making the images look so sexy. That was her exact <laughs> words. And I was like, I was thrown off. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> and, and she goes, that's great for lifestyle content in the mm -hmm. freelance world. However, for corporate photography, you need to be shooting at F18 and getting everything in focus. You don't yes. want anything um, out of focus. And that threw me for a loop. I'm like, what? No, if, it feels <laughs> no. wrong. <laughs> so so it, it was a learning curve. I had to learn how to light scenes evenly with a three lighting array uh, using strobe, strobe lighting, mm -hmm. um, shooting everything F18, F22. Um, it was great. I learned so much on how to shoot corporate style imagery um, using lighting setups. Um, so it was amazing. I took so much out of that job. That's um, awesome. Yeah, thank you. And then, so fast forward to today, I put, um, during that time, I put most of my freelance stuff on the back burner. So I think while working corporate, I took maybe one freelance client and I did a few portrait sessions just because it was so much every day that I, I was feeling burnt out from work that I didn't want to feel burnt out from photography in general. So I took the yeah. decision not to take any freelance clients. Um, so then uh, here we are today. I decided to finish my degree. I gained a long-term client 
And then I picked up some more along the way as along with other gigs. So um, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I guess that's how I got started with product photography and where I'm at now. Um, another thing with, uh, I guess, freelance photography as well, um, which I guess doesn't relate to your original question, but something I just thought of. Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, don't don't be afraid to um, take whatever gigs, even if it's not your medium. So even though I was a product photographer at heart, um, I got asked to shoot an engagement session, which ended up um, leading me to shoot a wedding. Obviously, I hardly did portraits and never did a wedding, so it was completely out of my comfort zone, but I decided to do it to elevate it. And then also, like, that's things that you can add not only to your portfolio, but also those little gigs add up into your income. So, like, tomorrow, for example, I'm shooting a CrossFit competition in L.A., which is completely left field from what I do, but it's just another thing to add to my resume, to my portfolio, something to just break up the monotony, you know, in my own head of products. And then just also something for income to keep us afloat. So, you know, I wouldn't ever turn down something unless you just really don't like that genre of, uh, right. Yeah. But if it's an opportunity for you to learn or new, you know, um, try something new, why not? Right. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. I mean, I got a couple of like, like good nuggets from that story. Honestly, (laughs) the ones that stick out to me the most. um, First of all, I, I think the fact that um, remember a a year ago when I recommended you to the um, um, or recommended the, the, the the company to you, there's a reason I did that. And it wasn't just, Oh, I kind of know someone, you know what I mean? I know Brady. Um, There was more, more to it than just that. I saw that Brady was willing to do something, right? Like I saw that he was putting work out there. And that's, you know, for some, for, for a lot of young creators or photographers or just creators in general, um, you don't understand how important that is. So we always think that in our heads, we're good at something and that we can offer the world something. And then we write a resume and then we send it and we get rejected or we just don't get a, a call back. And we wonder like, why? Well, we, we don't really have anything to show for, right? Brady had something to show for. Like he wasn't an expert on anything, but he was willing to try something out and put his work out there. And that alone, I know it's scary. It's very scary to put your work out there, but it's very crucial that you do. And don't worry, your first few things are not going to be as great as, you know, probably in a few years time or even just a few months time. But the fact is you're willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to put your work out there so that people can see it. And then that's your resume, basically. That's that's better than a resume because they can see that you're actually doing some work. So the other thing about Brady's story is that he's willing. He, he wasn't just, all right, this is the only thing I know how to do. And this is I'm going to stick to this. I mean, for some people, that's that's good if that's what they want to do. But Brady was like, yeah, I want to try something else. You know, um, I've never done this before. Sure. Let's let's try it out. There's always a first first time for everything. And he was willing to do that. And at the end of it, like at the end of like a few, like one or two years, he's going to end up to be going, he's going to become a very well-rounded photographer. He's done events, he's done portraits, he's done products. And can you imagine Brady's resume and portfolio at this point? Now he's just, other than that, other than the fact that he has such a diverse portfolio, he is so comfortable with being uncomfortable at this point, people love to work with people like that. People love to hear people say, I'm willing to try it out. I can do that. You know what I mean? And that alone is such a huge value for brands, companies, and other people. You just don't understand how valuable that is, that type of mindset. So I wanted to say congratulations to you, Brady, for getting so far. You know, compared to a year ago when I first met you, that's awesome. That's really good. And I can Thank you, only, appreciate that. yeah, of course, I can only see you getting just even farther with that type of um, um, attitude, that, that, that mindset. And that's awesome. And I think whoever's listening to this in whatever field you are, if you have that, that, that curiosity, that genuine curiosity, that desire to be better, instead of that, having that desire to acquire new things or better things or be called 
you know, have or have a better title, that desire to just be able to offer something better than what you were offering the day before, you know, the week before, a month before, you just don't understand how important that is and how much more that elevates you in the eyes of other people. So those are the the great nuggets that I got from your story. So I love that. I love that. So you'd be pro- you're probably thinking like, oh, I'm just sharing a story. But you know what you're really sharing is a boatload of experience that I think a lot of people are not even willing to um, to to try out, right? They're, and it's natural to feel scared. It's natural to feel afraid. I mean, that's that's the the whole thing. I'm mean, going back to like the whole. Uh, the beginning uh, of this conversation, freelance versus cor- versus corporate. Corporate job is for you if you want to feel a sense of like, I don't want to have to stick my neck out there and be like, uh, you know what I mean? Maybe try something out and maybe I might get hurt or whatever. That's fine. You can stay there. But for Brady, like in myself, we are put in our situations right now through I mean, different circumstances and, you know, conditions, basically stories. Um, I feel that this works for me. You know what I mean? Like I'm willing to risk myself a little bit, get hurt. I already understand it. I already know that I'm going to fail. I'm going to get hurt. Uh, Some of my work's going to suck. But I also know that because of that, I am much better later on. And here's a story that I wanted to share with you, Brady. Um, I remember my my job prior to the one that I, the, my last job... No, no, no. The, the, um, before I got laid off for the last time, I was working at a different company. I was working for a casino here in San Diego. And they're a pretty big uh, casino. They've been here forever and really nice. Um, I was part of the media team and uh, I worked there for almost four years, I think. And I remember that during my, eval, my yearly annual eval, my manager was like, okay, Michael, this is what you have to do. He basically gave me my score and it was like satisfactory, right? And he said, the reason why I couldn't give you a higher score is because you need to do X, X, X amount of whatever. And I told him, I said, hey, you know, I completely get that. I agree. I can't, like, I need to do some more. But you also know why I can't do that. And that's because we were basically working there every single holiday, even on weekends. And I was salaried. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter. I could be working 12 hours a day. My coworker was working 16 hours a day. It was insane. They were basically taking advantage of us at that point. And I said, so with the amount of work that we're actually uh, given, you still want me to make, to do some more just because, you know, for, for you to say that, oh, you're doing an excellent job. So right now it's not excellent yet. And I'm like, it's just physically impossible, but I get it. I said, I mean, because he was looking for an answer basically why I couldn't uh, give more. And he apparently didn't like that answer. And he goes, remember that guy who just quit a few weeks ago? I said, yeah. And he goes, do you know that he keeps calling me back and begging me for his job? And I'm like, okay. And then he goes, see, Michael, what you don't understand is if you leave this job, someone else is going to replace it, your your position, and you won't be able to get it back again. And no one else. And I'm not, I wish I was kidding, Brady. I wish I was kidding. Kidding. Wow. <laughs> but this is his exact words. I'm not even paraphrasing. He said, no one else is going to pay you more than what we're paying you right now. And I'm like, no, that I'm serious. That is a I'm, toxic workplace right it there. It was very bad. It was yeah. very bad. My wow. coworkers, some of my coworkers were awesome, but the management and everyone else were not. But at that time, I was under the uh, like my thinking was I need to keep this job. So I was basically just trying to scrap, basically just breadcrumbs. You know what I mean? And I feel like my value was just there. That was the and what he was telling me was basically uh, validating my fears that this is all that I could offer. Right. And so he said that. Guess what? Two weeks later, I got hired you know, with my, the last company that I worked for paid me so much more. And they gave me all these days off. Not only that, they were very, very respectful. They valued my work. They made me feel like a human being. And that's huge. It's huge. And I remember them saying, um, like, my God, Michael, you worked every holiday. I'm like, yeah, 
Christmas, everything. Like, cause that's the busiest time. And they're like, that's insane. And you have a wife and you have a baby, you know? And I'm like, yeah, well, I didn't have a kid back then, but we were planning to start a family. And I'm like, there's no way that I could start a family like this. And so, um, I came back like probably two years later just to see some of my old friends in the, in the, in the place. And I just bumped into my manager without even, you know, I didn't have any intention of doing that. Um, and he was completely quiet. Like he didn't even ask me about my job or anything like that. And I thought I would feel like good to see, like, to be like, look at me now I'm on vacation and I'm getting paid much more. You're like, but honestly, I didn't. I felt bad for him because now I see him as like, this would have been me. Like he's stuck there. You know what I mean? And so I don't even know how I got to this point, but <laughs> the story, <laughs> I got so deep into the storytelling that I forgot my point. But I guess my point really is um, if you, the, the value that people tell you, I mean, your value based on other people's opinion that doesn't really matter. But you also have to realize that you have to continually provide something. You know what I mean? You can't just say, I'm a photographer, I'm a writer, I'm, I'm a videographer, and that's it. And, you know, I see this a lot online. And people are like, I'm a graphic designer, and I should be getting paid $100,000 a year. I'm like, uh, no. What type of job do you have? Like, can you actually provide? What type of service can you provide? And what's your skill level? And, you know, how effective is your work? then you can start claiming that, that, I mean, then you can probably understand, have a better understanding of how much you should be getting paid. So 100%. there is always that, right? There's always that, that um, situation where we have to put ourselves in so that we can continually grow and just evolve so that we can remain competitive. And your story just reminded me of that because you're always seeking for something new, something different and something to better yourself because later down the line, People are going to be like, Brady, we want to work with you. Brady, we want to work with you. And Brady's going to be like, I'm sorry, I'm fully booked. And I can see that. I just re- literally, like, there's no reason for that not to happen. So that's my whole thing. I don't know. I, I tend to get <laughs> too into the storytelling. That yeah. Well, it, I'm, I'm really glad that you told me that um, about that one manager that you had. And this is another thing I learned while in the military is the subconscious of leadership and what a true leader is supposed to be. Because in the military, you have a lot of toxic leadership, but then you have good ones as well. And when you meet those good ones, you see what a true leader is supposed to be or a true boss. Um, So in this case, it sounded like this manager was miserable at his job. He was reflecting that onto you guys. And his idea of what leadership is, is all right, if I break them down, they're going to want to work harder. So if I tell them that they're not working hard enough, they're going to work harder. That is his mentality of what leadership is. Mm -hmm. That might work in sports, but it doesn't work in anything else. So the right type of leader, in my opinion, would be compassionate. Um, Hey, love what you're doing, like positive affirmation. Um, Yeah you know, love what you're doing, you know, we have an idea of going this way. Do you think you'd be able to accomplish it? Like, doesn't that sound much more inviting than you need to work harder? You're not working hard enough. You're not working enough. You know, like it's such a stark contrast at the core. Those sentences are asking for the same thing, but being put in a different way shows you your value as a person to that leader. So, you know, that's, that's massive. I know this has nothing to do with photography content creation no, I think, but you know, i think it does i think it does it's it's a i mean we are always you're also going to get criticized right by people and maybe instead of focusing on how to be a a, a great leader or a manager or whatever maybe this is a reminder for people like you and me that we will also get criticized and yeah. maybe let's look at it from from the other perspective like how do you deal with something like that, right? So, so for example, for me, for my manager, when when he said all these things, um, obviously it hurt, but I refused to believe it because I knew that I could make myself valuable by learning new skills, talking to people, trying something new. And that was the only way that I can break away from that, that whole uh, idea that he had in his head that he was planting in my head. So how about you, Brady? How do you feel? How do you deal with... Um, 
maybe criticism or maybe uh, instruction from clients that you've, you've worked with? Yeah. So, um, I think the, the biggest thing is knowing your self-worth, um, just being confident in your own product, um, that you offer. Um, I am always up for constructive criticism because I know in the creative field, my way is not the best way or the only way. So sometimes there might be a better way, or there might be a way to do things that or a, a way to display something that I have no idea about. Mm -hmm. So to be open to constructive criticism is massive. Um, when it comes off as negative, I think I, I, I keep that mindset of what we just talked about. Like, okay, maybe this person just doesn't know how to deal with people. So they're not wording this in the way that I would expect it to be worded. So at first, you know, of course, I'll take it with a grain of salt try to implement whatever they had had to offer. And if they still don't like it, then I'll offer a different alternative. And then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. They're not the right person to work right. with. Right, yeah, it's not a good um, match. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, like I said, me as a photographer, my way is not the best way. I have my way for myself. If I'm not the right match for this client, there's another photographer that might be. And I would be doing them a disservice if I'm not offering them the product that they need. Why, why should they hire me? You right. know, someone else can do it the way that they need. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess just not being stubborn about it, you know. You, and not having such a big ego about it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, realizing that. And I, I like that. I like that your, your way of approaching it because it's, it's, that's what you need if you want to be a freelancer. You need to have that. You need to be malleable. In that 100%. sense, right? You need to be malleable. No one's going to change you. You don't have to change. You just need to to know how to adjust to your client's needs. Because at the end of the day, they're paying you for a result that they expect in their heads, right? There's a certain yeah. result that they're expecting. And your job is to deliver that. Now, it's different when they say you have complete creative freedom. That's awesome. That's always going to be fun. But it's not always fun because it's not always that. And, you know, um, I know someone who uh, a good friend of mine was was complaining, basically saying that uh, this company wants him to do um, his work in a certain way. And I said and he was trying to argue with them like, no, it's not effective that way. And I said, you know, you have to also realize that these brands, these companies, the only person, the only thing that they're looking out for is themselves. I mean, yeah. if they want to take their brand a certain direction. Your job is to just deliver that, you know, and get paid yes. and you know, take advantage of that fact that you've worked with them, but don't try to change the flow of the river because that's a, a losing battle. You're not, you're not, you're not going to win that. And it's unfair, that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I know you're a graphic designer at heart and then photographer. Uh, I don't do graphic design, but photographer. So I'm sure both of us can relate. Um, it's, or at any creative field, whether it's video, whatever it is. Um, the client is hiring us for a product, essentially, not a physical product, but a product and we have to deliver. So unless it is, like you said, Michael, a full creative control, you have to give them what they ask for, whether you like it or not. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if they want a set built a certain way, you have to let them know up front, I can or cannot do that. Um, the, you have to be flexible because you're offering a service to them unless they ask you for cr full creative control. Right. So that's, yeah. it's, it's just like you said, being flexible and malleable to, um, who you have and what the project is, of course. Right. I also like what you said that, um, it's, if you don't think you can deliver, uh, you know, on, you know, based on their expectations, be honest with it and yeah. be like, I can't do this. I can't do this, but I know someone. And if you do know someone, right? I know someone who might be able to. You know what? That actually might work out for you in the long run because this company now, well, believe it or not, even if you're not going to work with them, if you're even if you're passing the ball to someone else, they trust you more now because yeah. you're you were able to be honest with them. And now they trust your advice. Like, okay, he's super honest with us. We appreciate that. But if he thinks this person, this other person can do the work, then, you know, I think it's worth a shot because he like 
Brady or Michael knows that, you know, what is needed and they can't do it. But if they can recommend me to someone else, that's huge. So now you're bringing two people, like two entities together and, you know, you're helping them out and you're also helping yourself out, right? So now you're in the minds of the, the client, like, all right, well, that was a good experience, even though we never got to work it out, you know, I mean, uh, to, to finish a project, at least that was a good experience. Now, the next time they come across someone, and it's always, always going to be like, you can't take away the whole aspect of um, networking and business, you know, relation and, you know, just human relationships, right? So yeah. one day, a conversation is going to pop up and they're, they're going to be like, uh, or someone's going to ask them, hey, do you know a photographer or someone that you can trust or someone that you think is, is good enough for something like this? If you left a good enough impression in their minds, they will remember you and that will work to your advantage. And I think that is a massive, massive key to my workflow or not workflow. Um, my freelance business is networking. I'm so glad you brought that up because mm -hmm. a lot of what I've got is from networking, uh, from word of mouth. Um, Me too. It, yeah. And, I'd and say 90% even, of it. Yeah. And even if you're not getting a client out of networking, networking is absolutely massive because whether you get anything out of it or you just build an, a relationship it's it's going to benefit you in the long run so just mm -hmm. from networking like i've met a local product photographer that has a studio here um and he's been here in the inland empire for i i think 30 plus years doing product photography and i i was at sammy's camera in pasadena and uh the lady behind the desk you know was just chatting with me and she's like oh i know this photographer out there I know there's not many product photographers. You should just reach out. So I reached out to him and now he's a, a great friend of mine. We sit there and we discuss uh, Apple products. Uh, we talk about you photography see? and it's great. <laughs> like we built a relationship that's not business, but it's benefited me in my own creative field because I have someone that has been in the field for much longer than me that knows what they're doing. And, you know, they'll give me constructive criticism when I need it. Or, you know, it's nice just to, talk about the business side of things with someone else. Um, just because like doing freelance sometimes can feel very uh, alone, you know? Oh yeah, it's very it's, isolating. Uh, yeah. yeah, so to be able to talk to someone that has been doing it and, you know, just to relate with someone is absolutely massive. So even if you're networking just for the purpose of making relationships, in my opinion, that is the most invaluable thing you can ever get. Uh, that it's just huge. I actually agree with you 100% on that one. And, you know, just to tag on to what you just said, you don't understand how hard it is to find, I mean, not you, Brady, but <laughs> people <laughs> who are listening, uh, if you have not experienced it, you don't understand how hard it is to find someone reliable and yeah. dependable and just someone that you can trust. Because that actually, the way I see it, you can train people up, right? You can train people up as long as they're dependable and they're, re they're reliable, that you just need them to show up but it doesn't matter if you are um creative if you are very talented or skillful but you don't show up i mean no one's gonna trust you or your service so having that relationship like what brady was saying making those relationships make you much more dependable and reliable and even if you're not as good as for example their dream uh photographer they know that they can at least depend on you because you've fostered this relationship. They can rely on you. They can trust you. So they're willing to give you a chance. So that's just a little thing I wanted to add to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a great discussion, Brady. I know we've, we've probably gone, have we gone over the hour already? I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> Almost. I think we might've just tipped. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But so you can see like Brady and I could probably talk a lot more. I've uh, been trying to be conscious about the uh, the time though. But that said, that said, this means that we need to invite you back. And maybe this time Chelsea can be a part of this conversation. Uh, we would love to have you back, Brady. And I really I appreciate- Bring the mug back for Chelsea. Bring the so mug back for Chelsea. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm going to get my own. <laughs> yes, Friday. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you so much for, for being a part of this podcast. And before we end this, can you please share with the uh, the audience where they can find you? Yeah, so um, my current Instagram handle, and I say that for a reason, uh, is mtn.trail. Uh, it's a mountain trail. Um, previously, it was mountain trail coffee. 
Uh, I'm currently going through a rebrand, so that might change in the future, but you can always look me up, uh, Brady Keegan, on Instagram search and you'll find me. Um, I'm working on YouTube right now, so that's under construction. Um, that will be prevalent on my Instagram once that's uh, up and running. So, But currently for the next few months or so, it'll be mountain.trail, mtn.trail. Awesome. All right. Well, cool. Thanks again, Brady. Thank you for uh, for spending the time with me. Um, we'll just pretend Chelsea's right here. Yeah. But uh, I'll probably just great add one, her Chelsea. voice somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea, I hope you are doing okay if you are listening to this. Um, anyway, thank you so much for let me do my out my outro here. I'm not really used to this because this is Chelsea's thing. Uh, can't live without there you her. go yeah i can't do it without <laughs> her thank yeah. you so much for listening to this new episode of the coffee with creators podcast i'm your host michael brady thank you um please if you can i would like to ask a small favor and that is to rate us on apple uh, podcast and if you could leave a review that'd be awesome also share us with your friends your family your pets your neighbor i don't know i don't know what else to say chelsea's not here to save me but anyway thank you guys and we'll catch you guys again next time bye awesome that was